0: if you would please join me today in your Bible to the book of Mark once again in the book of Mark for over a year now we've been preaching through the book of Mark and we've arrived at chapter number 12 and uh, I hope and pray that you brought your Bible with us with you uh, and if you did not we have one there in the pew that you can have if it don't have someone's name on it Well, it's good to see you today, it's good to be here, it's good to have a full house to preach to, and I'll tell you, I'm so excited about our building, and it's just going along real well, and we'll be in it uh, before you know it, and hope and pray that it'll be full before you know it, and we can do phase three of our building. Phase three of this one, we've got, this will be phase six or seven of all together, but uh, phase three, look in your Bible. I'd like to talk to you today about close, but no cigar. I wonder why he had to put that eye over there smoking. That's the co-pastor. since he's cold, I can't fire him, I can't even chew him out. Do you love God's Word? I'm glad this is a Bible-believing church. I like to see Bibles out, I like to see people who take them home and read it each day. And I just want to uh, bring you up to date a little bit. I'm going to read you just a few verses. But I want to read the key verse now of our text today where I gathered the, the, the theme or the sermon topic. Look at verse 34 of chapter number 12, if you would please. And the Bible says, And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, You're close, but no cigar. Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that does ask him any questions. Thou art not far. Near is not in. Close is not home run. Thou art not far. I wonder how many today, under the sound of my voice, not only in this auditorium, but around the world that is watching by way of live live stream and by way of our radio that goes all over the world every day, 24 hours a day. I wonder how many is just that close to be insane. God has tendered their heart. God has opened a wee door of understanding. They're close, but they're just not in. Sorry. No cigar. The title hit me last night late. You said it had to be late to get that outcome. The meaning of the term is falling just short of a successful outcome and getting nothing for your efforts. The phrase and it's very nice try but no cigar are of the U.S. origin in the mid-20th century, the fairgrounds where we used to go when we didn't have social media, where we used to go for entertainment, the fairground and the the stalls there used to give cigars for prizes. And many times the man who was running the, uh, the stall there, knock over the, dolls with a ball or knock down the milk bottles with a ball, many times he would say to those who almost got the prize, you're close, but no cigar. It was recorded first in a publishing of the script in 1935 of the film version of Andy Oakley, you remember the line, close, Colonel, but no cigar. Did you know that everyone who came to Jesus did not come to hear him for the right reason? Notice if you would please, let's do a little bit of background. Look in chapter 11 and verse 27. Chapter 11, verse 27. Can you believe that people come to this service and misunderstand me? Could you imagine anyone misconstrued in what I would might say? You know, from time to time, I've said from this pulpit, if you'll come three times a week and listen to what's said behind this pulpit, you won't need any counseling. So some people go away and say, well, Dr. Wolfenbarger don't believe in counseling. and That's not what I said at all. From time to time I'll say, some of you folk come to church dressed like you're going to Walmart. lady misunderstood and said, you can't come to church wearing clothes from Walmart. (laughs) Do you know that people misunderstood our Lord when he was on earth? Let me show you something if you would, verse 27. And they come unto again uh, to Jerusalem, and as they were walking in the temple, there came to him the chief priest, the scribes, and the elders, and they said unto him, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? Please look with me again at chapter twelve. Verse 13, the Bible said, And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his words. Verse number 18, please. Then came unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. That is why they're sad, you see because they think that this is all there is to it and there's no resurrection and no heaven. And they ask him, Master, and goes through there and talking about marriage and dying and marriage and dying. And our real problem is not marrying and dying. The real problem is the resurrection. Notice again, if you would please, in chapter 12 and verse 28, and one of the scribes, came and having heard them reasoning together. Who reasoning? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians, the chief priests, the Sadducees, and the rest of the crowd. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, Ask him which is the first commandment of all. And Jesus answered him, And the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord, since he is the only Lord and only God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said to him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as thyself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far, from the kingdom of God. And no man after that does ask him any questions. Everyone who followed our Lord did not follow him for pure motives. Everyone who heard him speak did not hear him with a heart and a mind and a soul with pure motives. Most of the folks who come to hear Jesus has a what's-in-it-for-me mindset. What's in it for me? Don't hurt my feelings. Don't touch on my sin. Be all right if you handle Brother Jim's. Don't mess with mine. They did not come to Jesus to learn the scriptures that they did not understand. They came to Jesus to defend the scriptures that they misconstrued. Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. These critics did not just happen to be where Jesus was. It was no coincidence that they were there. Please notice these words in verse 13. And they sent unto him. These birds were sent by someone. Someone had already made the decision, we need to get rid of this guy, this Jesus fella. His death warrant had already been decreed. The they in the text is the Sanhedrin, the judicial and religious hierarchy council of all Jews and Judaism. They had already had their meeting. They had already determined he's got to go he's already had the black mark put on his name and if you look as we saw a little while ago many times the devil's missionaries occupy very important places of prestige notice if you would please the chief priest the official potentate of the Jewish community, both religiously and judicially and politically. The chief priest had already talked to him. Notice the scribes and the elders, the scribes, the lawyers of the day, the knowledgeable ones who not only knew the law but knew how to apply the law the elders you look at me and say you would have been there wrong kind of elder the elders if you please the judicial authorities of the Jewish community notice also the Pharisees those are the Republicans of the New Testament the Sadducees, the Democrats of uh, the Jewish community. The Herodians, the independents, the ones who yielded toward Rome. Their Pharisees, the ones that yielded away from Rome. Isn't it amazing when a little thing comes up about Jesus, enemies get together and become best of friends? <laughs> If you find anybody in this church you don't like, go sit by them and start talking about me, and you'll become good friends. (laughs) It's amazing how the people on the far end of the spectrum who hate each other, when it comes to nailing the preacher's hide to the wall, they all get together, and they're friends forever. The decision has been made, all that needs to happen now is to catch him saying something that is detrimental and opposite of the commandments of God. We will trick him. We will send the best we've got. We are going to nail him one way or another. He is too much trouble. He is very divisive. These miracles that he's doing, the crowds that are following him are just too huge. By the way, everyone that followed Jesus that became a Christian quit tithing at the temple. And can you imagine what an economic crunch was going on down in the temple when Jesus started preaching, you give out of love and not out of debt. Notice how the word giving it just had a cooling, soothing a cooling effect over the congregation. When I just said giving it just got real quiet. Several people began to pray. Verse 24 relates to us their real problem. They're trying to get rid of our Lord. They'll do it by any divisive and devilish trick they can. And Jesus said to them, and Jesus answered, said unto them, do ye not therefore err because you know not the scriptures? Neither the power of God. The problem was gross ignorance of the Word of God. Now you tell me today if there's not a gross ignorance of the Word of God. A tremendous gross ignorance. Someone has said, Life is tough, but it is tougher if you are ignorant. Have you ever seen some of the ignorant decisions some people make? One of the most ignorant statements some of you ever made in your life is when you said, I do. Because you didn't mean it. What you meant was, I'll try. You know that poem I always tell the kids when I marry them. A deacon gave it to me 47 years ago. And I taped it in the front of one of my Bibles. And I don't know why he gave me this as a 26-year-old preacher. Be careful of the words you say. Keep him soft and sweet, because you never know from day to day which ones you'll have to eat. Paul said five times, listen, Paul said five times, I wish you were not so ignorant. Ignorant does not mean stupid dumb, it just means uninformed, and we try to inform, but I cannot inform you of spiritual things if you're thinking about the cowgirls, or the rangerettes, or some other godly crowd that you might haunt with. Brethren, you do err not knowing the scriptures. And that's what Jesus said, bless your heart. Now notice, someone has said, there's no use of allowing life to be so tough when you got the answer in your hand. Please let me show you quickly, close, but no cigar. Verse number 28, I notice the inquire. Verse 28, the Bible says, And one of the scribes came... And having heard him reasoning together, now notice his opinion of our Lord, and perceiving that he had answered them well, ask him which is the first commandment. For a more in-depth discussion, we go to Matthew chapter 22. And Matthew chapter 22 also rights of the account. And in Matthew 22, I read for you verse number 34. The Bible says in Matthew 22 and verse 34, and I like what he says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, you know, the one they sent, the Clarence Daryl of the crowd, the racehorse Haynes, the Bernie Adam, Adam Bernie of the crowd, and one of them, which was a lawyer, not just any lawyer, the sharpest of the sharp, the shrewdest of the shrewd, the mind, the one, if anybody in all of Judaism, the one smartest of all, the one that can truly get a case on this man called Jesus, ask him a question, tempt- in him. Oh! Judaism's top gun has come to Jesus. Skilled in all matters of the law came tempting him. Tempting him to catch him in his word. Have you ever been caught in your words? Have you ever developed hoof and mouth disease? Have you opened mouth and insert foot? Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I hadn't have said that to her, How's dinner, honey? Well, you burnt something. She says, you don't have to worry about me burning anything else as she throws it out to the dogs, and you sit there and say, I've been caught in my words. The inquirer, not just any lawyer, the best Judaism could buy. The shrewd, the intelligency, quoting the law of God like the back of his hand. Oh, the inquirer. If anyone could match this Jesus, fella, this one can. He most likely had been listening to Jesus, looking for some opportunity to discredit him because he represented a dangerous sect and threat to Judaism. But it was a man with an open mind, and notice verse 28, the Bible says, And one of the scribes came, having heard him read, and together perceived that he had answered them well. I like the presidential debate, debates, not because of the information I glean, but because of the humor that's in them. Think of this. The candidates come before the American people on the national television, and they ask all kinds of questions. They say that once former President Bill Clinton was asked what he thought of foreign affairs. He thought a minute and said, I don't know, I never had one of them. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm glad I got somebody. <laughs> the questions they ask the presidents or the presidential nominees or uh, debates, they, uh, they ask them, and, and, and I always kind of wonder why the, the news folk think I'm so dumb. I don't understand who won it. So they spend another three days tell us who won the debate. For example, in 1984, when President Reagan debated Vice President Walter Mondale, Reagan's age was the question, and Reagan's age was uh, making big news. He was 73. And uh, he was asked during the debate if he would be able to hold up the pressure of the president and the responsibilities of being an old man. So Reagan replied, I will not make age a part of this political campaign and exploit my opponent's youth and inexperience. overwhelmingly. Everybody just cracked up. Reagan won the debate. The Inquirer here has heard the debates between Jesus and the chief priests and the scribes and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Democrats and Republicans and all. He's heard it all. And I believe he heard. The debates and a subtle change come over his heart. Notice, if you would please, the man is tender toward Jesus, and uh, having heard him reason together and perceiving that he had answered them well. I-, I want you to realize this. It makes no difference how much venom somebody spews out toward your Christianity or your Lord God can still save them if you'll just get them here you know God can save the meanest vilest sinner in the world if I told this congregation what I know on some of you folks all of us would leave I am so glad that God puts no qualification for whosoever will may come. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the chief priests, all of them, if they'll just give an ear, if they'll just give an ear and give a heart, our Lord can change them. Aren't you glad of that? I said, are you glad of that? Don't quit praying for that old vile sucker. Just keep on praying for them. Don't quit praying for that religious do-gooder. They need to be saved too. Just keep on praying for them. And don't give up on them, bless your heart. I just believe, like old Hank Williams' song says, God got a hold of me. You say, you're not supposed to be listening to Hank Williams. Well, right after that, he sung Just As I Am. So I guess if it's all right, have you heard that song? something got a hold of me? Have you ever gone to church and something got a hold of you? If it hasn't, you need to pray to God today that something would get a hold of you. I believe with all my heart we need to just not give up on anybody. The inquirer came tipped in Jesus the lawyer came trying to catch him in his words notice now if you would please the responder the Bible says in verse 29 and 21 Jesus responds to the inquirer. he says in verse 29 and Jesus answered him the first and all the commandments here Israel The Lord, our God, is one God. Jesus needed to get that cleared up right away. He knew he was not of the polytheism crowd where they believe in many gods. He believes in one God. Fact number one, there is only one God, and it's not parked in your garage. He didn't tie the tie around his neck this morning. You are not God. I am not God. Some of us need to quit acting like God. You say, how do you know who you're talking to? I don't. You do. Hear, O Israel, our Lord is one God. You ain't got that straightened out. You really got a problem. If you haven't got that down pat, you're not in charge. God's in charge. If he's in charge, why are you missing Sunday night? If he's in charge, why have you still got money that belonged to God in your pocket? First fact. Jesus told the inquirer was, there is one God and he is Lord. Let me ask you something. Who's Lord in your life? If he's not Lord in your life, you're focused in on the wrong God. Ain't that good preaching? I should have had Andrew put up there. Amen. I better not it'll fly up there next week have you got that straightened out you that who think you've got Jesus calm you think that Jesus don't know what's going on I just wonder maybe did Jesus know something about this crowd that they didn't know about themselves look at verse 15 Do you think maybe Jesus knew something about that crowd? Shall we give or shall we not give, but he knowing their what? Hypocrisy. He knew their hypocrisy. I wonder today, does he know if we really mean business or not? Does he know why we're here today? Do he know why we're doing what we're doing, what we're not? Do you think maybe he might have us already pegged? He knowing their high power. Oh, you may fool the preacher. You may get a haircut, you look like you just joined the Marines. You may buy some wingtip shoes, look like you've been to Springfield or college. And you that still have hair left, you may part it on the left-hand side just like you're an independent Baptist. But do you know what? He knows, but he knows, but he knows. That's the first thing you need to straightened up. Second thing you need to get straightened up is thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, With all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. Matthew said in Matthew 22, verse 28, this is the first and great commandment. Love. Thou shalt love. It don't say, if you want to. It does not say, if you feel like it. It says, you love God more than you love you. You know what causes all the problems in your life? You. The problem with us is we just love us too much, and we don't love God enough. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, so forth, so on. That's the second fact. Third fact is, and the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, one time Jesus said, somebody asked, who is my neighbor? Turn to one next to you and say, you're my neighbor. No, we don't do that around you. We must do it anyhow. You're my neighbor, too. You're my neighbor. Now, if you want to be honest, once you want to turn and say you're my neighbor, and I don't like it, <laughs> I want to buy a ranch. I don't want no neighbor next to me. You know, I wonder oftentimes why my neighbor is walking his dog in my yard. and I'm still to love my neighbor. Come on, can you say amen? (laughs) A little word love. It is not this emotional wheezy, geezy kind of stuff you have when you're a teenager. It's a four letter word, but it's not spelled L-U-S-T. When you were a young person, you ought to be honest and say, I lust you. (laughs) If that's not true, why don't you just date ugly one? (laughs) Find you one like I used to look at in high school in Tennessee, no teeth, (laughs) pimples everywhere calluses on her hands from plowing with a mule now that's what you need to fall in love with because lust ain't got nothing to do with that <laughs> the only reason i stayed three years in the fifth grade is she is the prettiest teacher in all the school but these young folks, they don't fall in love that they don't. I bet your initial emotion that motivated you asking your wife or husband out was not love. It was lust. That's why your hair stuck straight out like you had an afro. That's the reason when you went to pick her up, you put more of that stink stuff on. You had every cat in the neighborhood following you down the street. The only time you've brushed your teeth since you've known her is the first time you went to the door and knocked on her door. Now listen to me. Let's screw that nut a little tighter. Why did you come to God? what you could give him or what he could give you. Most of us are here today because we got, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, to give me, give me, give me. I'm going to leave if the preacher does not do what I feel I want. God has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Most of you join here because You liked it. You ought to be here because God likes you. You ought to be here because God loves you. I don't beg folk to come. I don't beg folk to leave. I'll tell you one thing. If you find out once and for all there ain't no God except God, And that you're not boss and you're not in charge. And if you ever fall in love with that kind of God, you won't have any trouble making all the services. You won't have any trouble doing what God needs to be done. You won't have any trouble with a life of holiness. You won't have any trouble with a prayer life. You won't have any trouble, bless your heart, that God cannot solve if you really realize there is one God and he is Lord. And we're to love him. We're to love him. With all of our heart. Getting quiet. That's the reason I have to yell. It gets so quiet in here. Somebody said, I don't like anybody yelling at me. I have a Hebrew word for you. (laughs) There's a lot of churches don't yell that a lot of churches is not excited about the coming of our Lord. There's a lot of churches not excited about living a holy life and having a walk with God and having a daily prayer time with God and going to Lord And none of them churches the only demands one more find it. Around here, we believe the fact number one, And are working hard on fact number two of loving God. Not Gene. Not Dr. Foodunk and Dr. Doubt It and Dr. Ain't Never Done It. Falling in love with Jesus every day. And learning to love our neighbor. Well, I close with a question. which is the greatest of all the commandments. The Pharisees historically had found 613 commands in Scripture. The Pharisees had found and located 613 Commandments in Scripture. 248 were positive commands. Do, 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 and do, 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 Kind of like Independent Baptist, And out of the 613 commands, there were 365 were negative commands. Don't. Don't do. Don't go. Don't, 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 don't. Don't, 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 don't. Famous saying was, a daunted day keeps the devil away. I wonder how many of us have fallen prey to don't and do and don't and do. Can I help you? Christianity is not a bunch of stinking rules. Christianity is falling in love with Jesus Christ our Lord and becoming like him, being transformed into his image with the help of the Holy Spirit of God and the Scripture. That's what this thing is all about. Pleasing God is not what I do or don't do. I remember years ago, I ought not say this, but I don't, I'll say not a lot of things. I have heard a lot of preaching against tobacco. You know, uh, I've whipped up, see? Smoking won't send you hell. Just make you smell like you've been there. I wonder how many of us have taken up so much time with don't tobacco, don't alcohol, don't uh, wear Walmart clothes to church, and don't uh, go to camp. I wonder how many of us got all wrapped up in that don't business. Till we are no better than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and the religious sect who's trying to legislate righteousness. You just can't do that. Jesus said, I like verse 32 and 33. And the scribes said unto him, Well, Master, Thou hast said the truth. He come to trick Jesus with his words and come to try to catch Jesus in his words, but now notice the words of Jesus called him. Thou hast said the truth, for there is one God and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all thy strength, the strength, to love his neighbor as thyself. Now notice. An application of the law is being applied by the expert of application to the law. He said the love is more important than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices that we've offered down at the temple. Love. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Here's a fellow who's at heaven's door Jesus is standing at his heart, knocking. Behold, he said, I stand at the door, knock. Any man will open. I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Thou art near, art not far from the kingdom of God. My heart breaks when I think of people who attend church every week it's no better off than this religious scribe verse 34 says you're close but no cigar Are you close? 100% sure that if you died right now, heaven would be your home? Do you love this one God like this fellow said? That's the reason we don't have any trouble around here with our offerings. Because folk around here love God. They don't give to me. They don't give to me at all. They give to the Lord. The reason you've got 200-plus bus kids back behind this wall in the children's church because somebody loves God. And somebody loves their neighbor. We're not perfect, but somebody loves God. Are you listening to me? You need to get that one Lord, one God matter straightened out. Don't fall in love with anything until you find out how many gods there are. And you don't, you don't, you're not one of the trendy. And this is his orders. You say, the Cowboys be playing this evening. Not long, not till Manning wakes up. You're welcome. You say, I'll get you after church. You're supposed to love your neighbors yourself. How about that deal of loving God? Think when he get us straightened out. If you love God, you'll do what God says to do.